To those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, to our members and guests gathered here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Word of God upon which we base our message this morning is the gospel for today. You heard it read before from John chapter 20. I recall just these words. That Sunday evening, the disciples were together behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jews. Jesus stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. In the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, who died, lives again, and is really the only true peace giver in the whole world, my beloved. Did you ever try to envision what a world where there is perfect peace would be like? Maybe something like this. Uh, No particular order or sequence. No wars between nations, no strife in families, No conflict in neighborhoods, no disputes between labor and management, no crime in the streets, no political campaigns, no religious denominational splits, no gender bias, no racial divides. That pretty much sums it up, doesn't it? Well, really not quite. If you give that list, you'd only be half right. Because perfect peace not only connotes the absence of conflict, but also the presence of something like harmony and love and cooperation and thoughtfulness and caring and sensitivity and sacrifice and safety and security and prosperity. And that's why earthly peace is so elusive and unattainable because of the innate corruption of the soul. Scripture says the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Because of the sinfulness of mankind, he cannot muster up perfect love. And so Scripture says people cry out, peace, peace, but there is no peace. And there was no peace for the ten disciples either gathered in that locked room on Easter evening. They were afraid. We should really say they were terrified that somebody was going to come and get them. After all, the church and the government had co-opted to lynch their Jesus, and they were his followers. Maybe they would be next on the list. But Jesus was not going to leave them alone in fear. And so he comes for a visit. No noise, no rattling of windows, no unlocking of doors necessary. He was just there. The risen, physical Lord invaded their meeting with his presence because he wanted to give them an Easter gift. He had given the very same gift to the women in the morning, and now it was the men's turn at night. 
his Easter gift, peace be with you. After this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were glad, actually it means overjoyed. The perfect Easter gift, replacing fear with joy, bringing peace by his presence. Is there anything that's making you afraid right now? Unrest in the Middle East? Terrorism, it seems, everywhere. What the stock market is going to do. Where the economy is headed. What might happen to your job. The situation with your personal health and perhaps a terminal illness of one of your loved ones. Peace be with you, Jesus says. The risen Jesus is here. But how can that possibly be in 2016? Hear the words of St. Paul. He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all heavens in order to fill the whole universe. After Jesus' death and then his resurrection, then he ascended into heaven because the work of his redemption on the cross was all finished. And now he didn't want to be limited by time and space to be just at one place at one time. St. Paul says now he fills the whole universe. Right now, Jesus is in Belgium. Jesus is in Washington, D.C. Jesus is in North Korea. Jesus is in the Middle East. Jesus is on every airliner in the air right now. Jesus is in the old Oval Office. Jesus will be on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange on Monday. On Monday. Jesus is in the Supreme Court. This coming Tuesday, Jesus will be at every polling place and in every voting booth. Jesus is in the ICU. Jesus is in the bread and wine. And everywhere, he wants to show you his hands and his side. The psalmist says, Lord, you know when I sit down and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. Peace be with you. Let Jesus remove your fear and replace it with joy with the assurance of his eternal presence. Then Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. You know what Jesus was actually saying? Gentlemen, you need to get out more. You can't stay locked up in this stale air. I'm sending you out as my ambassadors to the world because the world needs to hear the message of peace too. 
It would be the disciples' responsibility to take the message of the forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ, the message of God's anger replaced with God's love because of sins covered by the blood of the Lamb. St. Paul says, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him in Jesus, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. You know what Jesus was actually doing? Peace be with you. If you forgive anybody's sins, they're forgiven. If you don't forgive them, they're not forgiven. What he was doing was placing into disciples' hands the ministry of the keys. Maybe some of you remember that from your catechism instruction. The key to the kingdom of heaven. And you have the key too. The key to heaven is simply this. You tell somebody about Jesus Christ, they are believers, you tell them, you're going to heaven for sure. You tell somebody about Jesus and they say, thanks, but no thanks. You have to tell them, well, if you continue in your unbelief, you won't be going to heaven. Heaven will be locked for you. You'll be going to hell. And we have to warn all of those kinds of people before it's too late. As my Father has sent me, I am sending you. And you means you. You are the salt of the earth, Jesus said. You are the light of the world. But did you ever think about it? Salt doesn't do its best job inside the salt shaker. It has to be shaken outside to do its work. A light doesn't do its best job underneath a bushel basket. You have to let it shine. The message for you and me is we just have to get out more. To take the message of peace to a lost world. Reach out as much as you can because the people out there aren't going to reach in. I'm sending you as missionaries of my peace. And finally, the words before us from John tells us that this wasn't Jesus' last visit. He made a second visit to the disciples to visit that room. Because the disciple Thomas had been absent at that meeting. And after listening to his fellow seminarians saying, we've seen the Lord, Thomas said, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. And too bad every time we talk about this section of scripture, Thomas gets a bum rap. Oh, doubting Thomas. Thomas was a pretty staunch disciple, you know. When Jesus was making his way to uh, visit Lazarus, who had died, and uh, wake him up from the dead, the disciples didn't want to go because they thought they'd be killed down there near Jerusalem. It was Thomas who said, let's go so that we may die with him too. Pretty strong statement. All the rest of the disciples were doubters until they saw Jesus. Thomas wasn't there, and so he missed out. I always say pretty much of an encouragement, right? Don't miss church any Sunday, because you can never tell what you're going to miss. Thomas wanted some empirical evidence. 
He wanted to see, he wanted to touch, or he would not believe. And then Jesus was there. Once again, he had a special Easter gift, this time for Thomas. Peace be with you. Jesus gave Thomas a little lesson about faith. He said, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand, put it into my side, stop doubting and believe. Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Thomas's reaction, and you know, some people even think that Thomas never even reached out to touch Jesus because he was so astounded that Jesus was standing there. He simply said, my Lord and my God. Jesus brought Thomas some Easter peace by replacing doubt with faith. And so we need to ask ourselves just exactly what is faith? The writer to the Hebrews says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. In one of his epistles, St. Peter writes this, Jesus Christ Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Do you have any doubts right now? Do you need a little more faith? I always think that doubts are sort of like a whole bunch of question marks all, all through our mind, all around the air. Question marks, question marks. How am I going to make it through this? What's going to happen? When will it all be over? Is this going to last forever? Is there anybody out there to help me? I remember when I was younger and I had some doubts. I used to go and talk to my dad. And I'd tell him uh, all the things that I were worrying about, what was on my mind. Uh, he listened to me, and then he gave me some advice because obviously he was older and much wiser. He had lived longer, and he listened to my doubts. And then he would advise me, and my doubts would go away. And he's gone now, and I can't see him. But every so often, his words echo in my mind. You want to get rid of your doubts? Then let your father's words of peace echo in your mind. Suddenly, there was with the angels a company of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulder, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. 
The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So there it is. Your Easter gift from Jesus. He gave it to the women. Then he gave it to the men. Then he gave it to Thomas. And now he gives it to you. It's all about turning fear into joy. It's about turning God's anger into God's love. It's about turning doubt into faith. It's his gift of peace. And it's yours even when you're not feeling peaceful. It's just the perfect Easter gift, isn't it? It's exactly what you need. And it's exactly what you have. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. And the peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate, he suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets, and I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. We take this time to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards.